0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Long Live Third Parties Podcast. Free Press Media Press, Inc., a third party's books publisher, sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Greetings. Greg, welcome to Long Live Third Parties Podcast.
1: Hey, sorry about the uh, delay there. I got stuck on something for a few minutes. So how are you doing?
0: I'm doing all right today. How about yourself? Running around, but good. Excellent. (laughs) Friends, today we have a candidate for governor in New Jersey. Greg Millet. Forgive me if Mealy. I mispronounce your name. Yeah. That's Mealy. That's fine. Mealy. Okay. Greg Mealy. He's running for governor in New Jersey. He's from the Libertarian Party. So welcome, Greg. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. We're glad to have you. Let's get started by you giving us an introduction to who you are and how you got involved in the Libertarian Party.
1: Okay. So um, well, I mean, uh... I oh, been kind of uh, interested in politics, um, not uh, formally trained in school, for example. I wasn't a political science major or anything like that. But um, I was always interested in looking at uh, how government works at both local and national level and everything in between. Um, when I did wind up uh, going back for a second career, I, I was originally a uh, software guy, actually, and then I went for... Uh, a law degree and uh, finance MBA, because I was working a lot in Wall Street firms at the time. um, I just felt like this was going to be my natural progression at some point that I would switch over to practice law. And um, having interest in the community, especially in the beginning, I focused uh, some of my coursework on that sort of like, uh, how does municipal government work and how does, uh, how does the budget get met and how are projects funded and, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. Um, and I just got more involved and interested. I did, um, after law school, I did, um, try briefly to get involved. Actually before I heard of the libertarians, I had grown up in a Republican household. So I talked to the local Republicans, uh, seemed like there wasn't any real opportunities though there to get heavily involved. I was actually appointed to a few township committees by the mayor, but, um, no, no real uh, opening for a chance to go for being elected. So um, it was somewhat discouraging, I'd say. And so I kind of, uh, you know, didn't get, you know, I, I faded out of being involved directly in the political world, I, I followed things, but that was about it. But um, as I saw things go more and more, I mean, I just felt like both parties were working hand in hand and it was really this whole plan of, you know, we're gonna make the government big and we're going to charge a lot of tax money to everybody. And then uh, you know, we're going to do what we want with it, basically. And um, I just feel like uh, both parties have gotten synced up to the point of really not having any consequences and not worrying about it in terms of uh, you know, spending money you know, freely and um, you know, no uh, repercussions. They never, They never put up or hardly ever any sort of primary challengers to the people that they want in office. And so the same folks with the same goals, which is not for the people, keep getting uh, to be the only choices, quote unquote, uh, that that people are aware of, because they're the ones who are on the ballot as the, the nominees. And um, after a while, I just couldn't sit back anymore. And I had tried to build up some some credentials, some skills that could be useful. And I thought, you know, it's time to go back into the mix. But um, so initially I thought about oh, you know, maybe as an independent kind of thing. But uh, then I got I did get introduced to the Libertarian Party and their philosophy. And, um, you know, one of the primary things being small government. I mean, that was a big driver for me to say, yes, you know, we have to, have to get government out of a lot of things. We have to reduce government. We have to privatize a good number of things. And then things will work better. Um, And without competition, without any sort of, you know, again, accountability, I guess is the word, you know, then uh, there's no incentive to be responsible fiscally or or otherwise or or to do a good job on anything. And that's where we seem to have gotten. So, uh, I mean, just as far as, um, you know, recent times and what what made me do this run in particular, um, I... um, was not happy with how Governor uh, Murphy uh, did the whole lockdown and mandates and all this kind of stuff. And um, it seemed like uh, it was counterproductive. I mean, we never quarantined the healthy before. Uh, if you, if you're worried that you're vulnerable by all means, you know, if you want to quarantine yourself or wear masks or get the vaccine or whatever it is, that's fine. I mean, but we're, we're about choice. It's, it's not that, you know, because somebody else is vulnerable that that the healthy person should have to stay inside and hide also and they have lives to live and are livings to earn and, and just shutting down all the businesses the way we have and uh, everything that's that's gone on with with that and unemployment spike and all this kind of stuff it's just devastated the state as well as others in the country. Uh, Quite frankly, unnecessarily. I mean, we've got a, a biostatistician on our team that shows that the lockdown, every step of the way, the lockdown steps that were taken were counterproductive to the goal, and so you know, it really didn't it didn't help at all with any kind of um, uh, virus infection rate or death rate. And at the same time, people were getting a whole bunch of other different illnesses from it. Never mind the psychological impacts. So um, and that combined with seeing how the republican primary went was uh and how i'd heard about it before that you know how it was going leading up to the primary was really the final straw that i had to go ahead and do this run um it seems to me the uh the republicans decided to sacrifice principle in favor of what they perceived and they being the party bosses in each county who endorsed jack uh to try to compromise in order to win. And it's all just win-lose to them. Uh, And that means that, yeah, if they win, just like whenever the Democrats win, they're just interested in maximizing their power after having one. And that has nothing to do with the good of the people. So when I saw such division in the Republican ranks, Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people that uh, will not vote for Jack no matter what, even though they're Republicans, because he doesn't stand for what they stand for. Uh, I'm seeing people come to me in droves from that group and also between uh, it's marijuana and school choice and the lockdowns as well that are bringing a lot of uh, previous Democrat voters our way. So we're doing really well these days and it's, it's the right time.
0: Good to hear. We like to hear those backgrounds to see how people got involved in addition to the lockdown issue what are other campaign platform issues of yours
1: okay so um probably this the second biggest issue after and i mean to the extent that lockdown stuff has been ended we still have the threat of having it reinstated we're close to that uh transmission rate of one that's going to trigger all these what i call an oxymoron permanent emergency powers <laughs> so uh that were voted in recently it's just i mean it boggles the mind but um and now anytime we could have a full-scale lockdown again so the, the thing about that that's still relevant is making that uh essentially illegal or against the oath of office for a governor to do in the future we feel that that kind of mandating and lockdowns that that has nowhere. You know no place in this uh society but the second biggest thing i'm seeing is the school choice issue that we're in favor of um you know with uh, homeschooling especially well i should say excuse me remote learning uh we saw a lot of problems that i mean parents for example don't get to see when the kids go to the school so uh we have kids who are are not involved in the class they have their camera off they're playing videos on another game on another computer while the lesson is going on and the teachers are not checking uh because they've been told that as long as they had their it was like in, in our town at least it was two to three hours a day or whatever uh as long as they put in that time online then it doesn't really matter and um that is ripe for a school choice revamp throughout the state. We need charter schools. We need more uh, with, with vouchering and things like that. We want, we also want to promote options such as private school or even homeschooling where, you know, any kind of school choice change must, must involve that the funding follows the student wherever they choose to go. And that's the only way to get schools who are not performing well to straighten out their act or, you know what, fold up their tent if that needs to be, if they're doing that badly. And um, I mean, sometimes people talk about New Jersey schools have always been pretty high ranked. Yes, they are within the United States. But where has our school, where have our schools been internationally? They used to be number one across the board. Now it's what we're lucky if we're 30th or 35th in every subject in the, in the, in the world. Um, you know, it's a low bar relative to the rest of the states also. I mean, I think there's problems all across the board with public education. So we need to really give some com- competition to them to kind of straighten out things that, you know, this this whole uh, Common Core, a lot of the other Department of Education initiatives are counterproductive. They're turning out students that unfortunately are less qualified for work than they used to be. So we're very anxious to try to make that kind of change. Otherwise, it's the drunken sailor spending, the irresponsible spending. We had borrowings that were not necessary by Governor Murphy, uh, followed by federal assistance that everyone knew was coming when his you know, co-party member, uh, Mr. Biden there uh, became president, uh, that he would have plenty of money. And now he's, he's got a surplus so that he doesn't have to raise taxes this one time, this year, of course, because it's an election year. And instead, He's then after after the uh, election is over, though, uh, from what we're hearing, he's going to be giving that money in large part to the teachers union, which is his you know, pet donor. That's going to just give it back to his campaigns over the years and, and still not perform any better in the school system. So there's that. There's, of course, strong two way stance. There's there's marijuana. The legalization happened as far as the vote, but. Um, the way the rules are being set up, it's only Murphy's cronies that can qualify to have a legitimate business or else the others are all uh, basically still illegal. Like, you know, there's no, there's no uh, way to have a level playing field. There are barriers to entry for anybody who's got a small operation who wants to pursue their financial success in that route. And plus the other thing I don't understand is how come on the day after the election, Uh, All the nonviolent offenders just for simple possession weren't released on day one. That was supposed to be one of the first logical steps to take. So um, we also have uh, platform uh, issues on the website which uh, talk about uh, how to get cleaner energy and um, following the science, following you know open market principles, basically. I mean, we want to we want to privatize a lot of things because we feel that that's the best way to the most innovative answers as well as the most competitive. Um, and yeah, a couple of other couple of other issues also
0: on the site. Good to hear, Good to hear. One thing that I'm interested in that maybe somebody else out there who wants to run for office would be interested in is since you practice law, how do you balance that while running a campaign?
1: <laughs> well, nothing's ever easy. That's worth it, is it? But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough. I have my own practice. Uh, I have great staff and uh, a couple of of council attorneys that can pitch in on, on certain topics. But, um, I mean, my schedule has always been kind of flexible that way I can you know, fairly well arrange things the way I need them to be. And so, I mean, I've from even from the past days in Wall Street as a software guy, I've never had sort of the nine to five easy, easy, you know, maintain things, you know, status quo kind of job. Every job of mine has been 14 to 16 hours a day since the beginning. And um, so this is nothing new. I mean, I'm putting 100, 110 hours a week in and it's it's routine for me. I've been doing that since I was in my 20s. And um You know, it's just something that, uh, you know, comes naturally so that uh, it really hasn't been tough for me now. I mean, that being said, I mean, for example, when I studied for the bar, I mean, I did very well because of my prep. So I went in very relaxed and confident, but that was after at least, at least 14 hours a day of studying around the work. Then I then I tried to scale back my job. I was still you know in an office working for somebody else. I tried to keep it to the eight hours, and then I would do that kind of hours with the studying, including the weekend days, um, total of something like that. And then uh, basically uh, just I increased my coffee intake by about fourfold at the time, and then I was okay. <laughs> so it was uh three rough three months but um but that's that's the way i always dealt with everything was you know make sure you do more than necessary you know never just do the minimum to get you know a good score or whatever but uh always just push hard and make sure that you're walking into the room with people where you're like for the example with the bar exam, I walked in there, I saw a whole bunch of people milling about getting ready to sit down for the exam. And I said, there's no way any of these people did more than me to prepare. There's no way I can fail today. And that's, that's how I deal with everything I do and including this run so far. I am uh, spending every waking moment I can uh, doing something for it. And um, I am hoping to uh, make enough noise that people are gonna be very surprised.
0: That is good to hear. So small business owners are in a good position to run for office because they have the ability to alter their schedule, would you say?
1: Um, it can be, it does depend on the nature of the business, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, certainly if you have a boss you report to uh, as, as an employee, you typically will have a schedule that you need to keep. So it could restrict. Uh, certainly for higher office, it's gets tougher um so yeah but uh folks who yeah pretty much uh set their plan for the day i mean that that can be worked around if they want it bad enough they can put in the extra time and between the two cover everything they need it's not like you can ignore your business but you know if you can make plans and have adequate adequate coverage then yeah you might uh might well be able to do it
0: so especially somebody who has the business going for a long while who has it established and everything's running smoothly, they would be in a better position than, say, maybe somebody who's just starting a business? Uh,
1: well, it depends. I mean, if they're just starting, uh, there may not be as much for them to do yet in the business. So, I mean, it'll be pro- mostly marketing uh, and trying to bring in business initially, but um, until they have a steady flow of clients, they might actually have some extra time where, you know, there's only so many things you can get to 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 promote the business in a day also. So yeah, it does. It does depend. Mm-hmm. So basically where
0: there's a will, there's a way.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like I said a minute ago, you, know, you have to want it bad enough. So you know, if you if you really want to accomplish something, you know, there's always a way as long as you are disciplined with your own time and effort.
0: Sure. <laughs> what is ballot access like for you in New Jersey?
1: Uh, well, I, actually, I mean, relatively speaking, it's it's not the worst um, for statewide office like governor and also for the U.S. Senate. Uh, the requirement at this point is 800 signatures. Um, actually for members of Congress and all the local races, the most it is is 100. Um, so that's not bad at all. Um, even for the 800. I mean, you know, the thing is, of course, you know, we never just get the amount needed. We have to get extra cushion in case there's a challenge. I mean, you know, the Republicans and Democrats file a lot of lawsuits just to get people off the ballot when they're too close to the requirement because they'd rather not have the competition. Uh, so we got on our, um, our petitioning this year, we got about a thousand signatures. So we had a, a nice 25% cushion. So nobody said anything about us. Uh, and there were, a few challenges to other people uh, in that same uh, sequence. So, so yeah, we uh, we made the cut enough that we uh, didn't have to worry about it. So it's all good.
0: <laughs> awesome! I'm glad you got on the ballot. Yeah, yeah, very key. Mm-hmm. So, if you have time to listen to podcasts, what podcast would you recommend to our audience? Uh, well, I like. Um, I
1: mean a lot of libertarians love uh, Larry
0: sharp uh, also
1: uh, Shane Hazel. Um, There's a, yeah, there's a few others, uh, largely um, the party members as well as independent people uh, who are running them. Uh, But basically uh, you know, in anything that's um, anything that's talking about taking back control of a lot of the little things in life. I mean, government's gotten to the point where they're, they're, in the middle of every issue, even a household issues at home that that they really have no business being involved in. And um, so we wanna tighten, you know, loosen that grip so we can actually utilize government where it is necessary for things that are more important and more impactful. Um, it's also like some of this, you know, we call them victimless crime that, you know, for example, somebody who wants to smoke the marijuana at home in, in quiet of their own home um, I mean, they're not impacting anyone else, and again, assuming they're consenting adult to to doing the smoking or whatever, then they should be allowed to do it just like alcohol. Uh, I mean, prohibition didn't work out very well, and I don't think it's worked very well in in this area either. Um, we've had mass incarcerations that could have been avoided where most of the most of the situations were, psychological uh, situations or medical situations that could have been dealt with by those professionals instead of the police. And also, I think, not surprisingly, in my mind, that also corresponds to the incidents where there are flare-ups of uh, escalations between police and suspects, or whatever you want to say, in the public, where when, when a situation is initiated and instead of de-escalating it gets more and more intense until something very bad happens sometimes it's usually over something very minor and otherwise i mean i don't think there's too many people who argue with the idea that if someone murders somebody or you know rape somebody or burglarizes somebody, you know, that kind of thing, destroys their house or whatever, you know, anything big like that. I mean, I don't think there's too many people complain that the, the police shouldn't be involved. I mean, that's what we do have police for, for the safety and security of ourselves and our property. Uh, but when they're asked to follow, you know, enforcement of some of these more trivial, really, laws, I mean, half the police force that I know anyway, as far as the, the people that, that I talk to that I've been friends with, They don't even want to have to do that, but they're told that they have to enforce those laws. And then, like I said, I mean, the the rate of issues that arise out of those situations goes up many fold from from the other things. I mean, it really. A better look should be taken at what the police should be handling versus other types of professionals. And um, I think if we see that, we'll see a lot less issues as well. like the escalations of, of situations, things like that.
0: So how about book recommendations? Do you have any of those? Book recommendations,
1: the first one would be Anatomy of the State. That's uh, essentially the libertarian's Bible. So uh, <laughs> um, we, uh, we really, uh, you know, I, I tell people, I go to that to center myself back on the principles whenever I need to take a step back and, and refocus. Uh, that basically, I mean, the idea, you know, one, one catchphrase we've been using in the campaign is, you know, the leading cause of death over the course of human history is big government, which, you know, even if not literally true, and it might be, but it's not far off. <laughs> basically, it tells you that no matter what, when you give too many people too much power, people don't stay nice very often. They, they tend to exploit the power. And I mean, it led to countless millions of deaths over this last even a you know, couple hundred years. And um, you know, we're not above that now. Just because time has passed, some people think like, "Oh, well, that was back when people were not as civilized." You know, don't kid yourself. Those power plays happen every day. They still do, and they still will. And you never know what's going to happen if you let government get too much power and get too much out of control the whole idea of all the founding fathers' documents, you know, the ideals behind them, even if they didn't even get to fulfill them, I mean, they, they probably felt they did for their time. And it's not right necessarily for us to impose our modern view of those ideals on their world. Cause it was a different world, but the ideals themselves, they were largely centered around restricting government that, government should be used when necessary for certain things but that they should not be encroaching on other things at all and of course we know over the last 245 years that that has not been the case that they have encroached tremendously into a lot of areas so we'd like to you know move back in the other direction again because that will also help us with the budget thing and all the other issues that we have all of it's tied together with the idea that you know Government expansion is what's caused a lot of these problems. And, you know, some people think like, okay, it's easier if we just let the government take care of everything so we don't have to do anything or we don't have to think or whatever it is that they're thinking. Well, I'm sorry, but, you know, as far as personal decisions, for example, I mean, the government doesn't know better than I do how I should do something or not uh, or whether to do something or not i'm i'm a functional adult i don't need their guidance on all these kind of small issues that really are personal in nature uh decisions about self and family so um we have to we have to get this big government behemoth away so that we can really start to enjoy what the real idea of the american dream is
0: so how can people help your campaign whether they're in new jersey or outside new jersey
1: all right. Well, so, you know, if, it, if this was a few months back, I would have talked about petitions, but we're all good there. So I would say, I mean, if they can go to the website and if I, if I may plug it here, uh, sure. it's www.meleforgovernor.com and it's M-E-L-E and then the word F-O-R governor.com. Uh, there certainly is a couple of donate buttons in there mixed in somewhere. If they want to help us out with that, I mean, if we could, raise a lot of money, we could wind up on the debate stage with uh, Murphy and Cittarelli, Uh, but otherwise also get a lot of uh, advertising media out so that at least people get to hear the word. Um, that's essential and crucial is you know, trying to raise the fundraising uh, target as high as we can. The other thing is volunteering, which also on the website, there is a place to, uh, of course, well, to begin with, just send a message a comment whatever ask a question and I do answer all the questions that come in and um, otherwise to offer your volunteering services and even talk about if you have a specialty area where like I I know how to do this real well so I'd love to help you with that now whatever folks can have the bandwidth and time for it's welcome
0: sounds good so when is the election date
1: it's November 2nd
0: okay We wish Mm -hmm. you luck in the election when it comes along, and we wish you luck in all your endeavors here and in the future.
1: I appreciate that very much. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. We're glad to have you on
0: the show. Have a great day.
1: All right. Thank you, sir. You too.